0: everybody, the SWP is brought to you by Jim K. Ford and All Insurance Ontario. Insurance is very expensive and it's my job to save you money. If you can't save money, why would you buy from me? You have plenty of options, to so make me one and you'll see why. Text quote to 613-860-6008 to get started. We can spend 10 minutes to connect and I'll email you a personalized quote. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Everyone knows that Jim K. Ford is a fantastic choice to handle all of your automotive needs But they're also a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. They supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities, from the small delivery vans right up to the big F750s. Whether you're in towing, landscaping, or deliveries, Jim K. Ford will help you with the right truck, customized for your needs. JimKFord.com. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. The SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. And off we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SWP. Coming up today, we have a new NHL season upon us. Kalu, Calais, it's here. In fact, it's already started. In case you missed it, the NHL kicked off in Europe. I, I don't know, they. I don't know if they promoted that very well. I think a lot of people just missed that altogether. They had a couple of games last week over in the Czech Republic, but the North American openers are set for tonight here as we record on October 11th. And I thought it'd be fun to catch up with a guy who knows a ton about the NHL past, but deserves way more credit for what he knows about the game in the present. It is hockey historian, speaker, author, Liam McGuire. Liam, how are things? Things are great, Stevie. Things are great, buddy. And you're right. I think uh, I as
1: more people knew there was NFL games overseas than there was NHL games. And <laughs> the first NHL goal of the 2022-2023 season was scored by a guy whose last
0: name was Sherwood. <laughs> wow that's fantastic i love so, it
1: there you go a little bit of uh, of uh, juxtaposition and just great synergy there to start off the season so undoubtedly there'll be a few sure broken over a few heads before christmas
0: no doubt so what do you do you like the if you're a coach in the nhl liam do you like these european games right out of the gate or would you hate them
1: i guess i would be kind of indifferent i'd rather them now then, say during a Christmas break or All Star break or something like that. I, I, I think everybody probably understands why we're doing it and why we have been doing it since 1998. That was the first time the games actually mattered. We've been playing exhibition games in Europe going back decades. In fact, even in the 1930s and the 1950s, we had NHL teams that went to Europe to play games. Uh, Bobby Hull joined the New York Rangers on a cross Canada tour in 1959. He was only a couple years in the NHL with Chicago. They called it a friendship tour. They stayed that way mostly because they were playing amongst themselves. But when we started playing European teams and the Russians got better and things of that nature, things got totally out of control. And the Montreal Canadians played a Russian club team in 1991. They had one of the most vicious bench clearing brawls you'll ever see in hockey history that nobody knows about. Right. Nobody knows about it. So as a coach um, now with the games, with these things actually meaning points in the standings, it would not be my first choice. There's absolutely no way. I want to be flying my entire staff, players, and everybody thousands of miles overseas to play these games. And, you know, it's worked out great for Nashville. They got two wins, and San Jose comes back 0 and 2. And, you know, they're not expected to do much this year anyway. But what a bonus for Nashville to come back and get a few guys off to a good start and everything. But I wouldn't like it, Steve, as a coach, not at all.
0: I think back to, I think it was 2017, no, 2018 when the Sens went over. I think, to Sweden to play the Colorado Avalanche. That was right around the time they got Matt Duchesne. Everything looked so good. Yeah, everything looked great at the time they got Matt Duchesne on top of that. And then it's been pretty much terrible ever since. I don't think we can blame all of it on that trip, but I I think it does have the potential to derail a season. But I agree with you. Out of the gate like this, because that one was, I think, a month into the season, this one is right out of the gate. A coach can maybe use it as a team builder. Hockey Canada is always on. sure. On, on on coaches about that putting some sort of team builder together early on and it can act as that too right
1: yeah i mean look at the sentence right now they're in Tremblant for exactly that they say it's a it's a team bonding thing that they're in tromblon for uh uh today and they'll come back and 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 get ready and um uh, or was it yesterday, I forget which, but one of these days anyway, that was public knowledge. There's nothing that we didn't know. And, and that's quite common. I mean, everybody does it to, to some degree. My, I coached minor hockey for 13 years. I would take my kids to uh, Camp Smitty, the Boys and Girls Club, where they have an absolutely unbelievable program there. Uh, it's, it's all designed to, to uh, spur on teamwork where all your, your players, and they, they 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 set it up for whatever age your kids may be, your boys and girls may be, and, and it's all conducive to their age. And there's no way you can complete these very fun exercises without the help of every single person on your team, every right. player. And I would take my kids there every year at the start of every season, pretty much at least hopefully within a month into the season so yeah this is quite common and you're bang on and you're taking a bunch of men overseas pros and uh talk about it uh, talk about an event uh, to uh, to bring the guys together it's just it would it would not be I wouldn't be as a coach wouldn't be going hey can you sign us up for that one next year you know but then you think of the other side of it and the players who go over you talk about the Swedish one and for the any of the Swedes that have you know this is in Prague think of the Czechs think of Think of the people, the players who have been able to play in their own home country going over and playing. And look, they've been in Germany, Russia, Czech, the Czech Republic, uh, Czechia now, whatever you want to call it, and uh, uh, Sweden, Finland, all these countries, all these NHL players going back to their home country to yeah. play meaningful games in front of family and friends. What a treat. What a treat for them. So uh, great stuff there. But it would, as a coach, absolutely no way am I volunteering to be that guy even though I understand the wherewithal as to why it's been set up for that. It has been for now more than a couple of decades.
0: Speaking of NHL in odd places, we're going to talk a little bit about the Atlantic division today and uh, Sens, Habs Leafs. I think 90% of our audience are probably one of those camps. And I think about Sens and Habs in this game in New Brunswick. I don't know if you had a chance to see the, the attendance for this Kraft Hockeyville. I mean, it's an 1100 seat arena. It looked like there might be 700 people in it. Like that was a a little, I don't know. I thought that was a little embarrassing either for Kraft or for the NHL or for the town. I don't even know, but I was really surprised to see how, I mean, I feel like I could put, put it in the Richmond arena or Carlton place or any of the Ottawa Valley towns and have done better than that with it.
1: Yeah. It was surprising. Uh, You know, I don't know. Um, uh I, i've been working so many nights steve that i you know i was only getting the highlights of that that night i i, I believe that one was i think it was broadcast on on tva i think correct if I'm not yes mistaken. and um i was actually out at a, at a at a little fundraiser for our dear friend there mr steve mclaughlin who uh, having some pretty serious health issues so um we, uh, we didn't, I didn't get to see the game. So I got, I got the reports of it after and whatnot. And I heard what you've just said. And I, I I was quite surprised to be honest, because these craft hockey bill games that have been happening for a few years now have been an overwhelming success. They've been, they've been just absolute dynamos. So I don't know what happened here. Uh, It's uh, something that I rarely have is not an answer (laughs) is to uh, tell you it's exactly where the uh, shortcoming was there as to why uh, they didn't have them swinging from the rafters. As you say, my goodness, go into any one of the valley or rural towns in our area where you and I grew up and called our backyard for decades. And I cannot envision any one of them having that game and, and not being a situation where you'd need to shoehorn the last person in. So I don't know what transpired there. I doubt very much it'll dissuade them going forward because overall, and I participated in a couple of those in terms of, uh, of um, you know, help, helping out a little bit with promotions and marketing for some of the towns, the ones that have tried and did win. For example, O'Leary and Prince Edward Island, the, uh, should I say, Steve, the moonshine capital of Canada. <laughs> and um, um, it, it, uh, they won and, and I helped them out a little, did a little, tiny little thing. Anyway, point is, is that these ones were, they've all been overwhelmingly successful. Yeah. I, I don't know what the heck happened here. I don't I know. Think
0: I heard, because I put it out on Twitter about that. I put I, I took a little snapshot and said, what's going on here? And there were a couple of people who got back to me that they had heard that the ticket prices were like full on big time. Like it was a playoff game or something in the NHL. And that may have been a, mu- a bit much for a little a little town like that but uh i don't know you would think that people would be coming from miles around for the nhl's rare appearance in new brunswick i don't know
1: well you're in you're in a you're you're in not a, tr- a well-traveled spot in new brunswick there man that's i don't know the problems very well but i have been through sort of the main the main guts of it from fredericton to moncton to st john uh you know st stephen's um um i should say uh I'm trying to think a couple of other towns that I've that I've spoken at in my mm-hmm. lifetime. Anyway, I've, I've been on those roads and boy, you, you don't have to go too many miles when you get into some, <laughs> some pretty rural and remote areas. And and yeah, I didn't I, I didn't hear that about the prices. And if so, that's just, that's sad commentary, really, if that's the case yeah. for preseason game on top of that. So I don't know, but it, that would probably explain some of it for sure.
0: So Sands and Habs is where we'll begin as we look at the Atlantic division. And I think, again, that's, uh, you know, it's funny, like, like our fathers, when they watched the NHL, there were only six teams in the entire league. And, uh, you know, here we have eight teams in in the Atlantic. So I I always think about when I I think about divisions, I keep getting sidetracked, Uh, but I think about how they probably should start making a bigger deal at playoff time about winning your division. Like there was a time where you'd put up an Adams division banner, for example, like this is, this is a big deal to win your division uh, to come out of that. And you know, we've got 32 teams. You you can go an entire lifetime without celebrating a Stanley cup. I don't know. Do you think they should make a bigger deal about putting Put away the wild card, do a true divisional format celebrate the fact you're a division champ because it is a big deal because it's harder to win a division than it used to be to win a Stanley Cup back in the day
1: yeah I think that's one of the commentaries that's emerged in the last few years with the disparity in the wild card and and this has gone on for years going back to the old Chuck Norris division in the 80s right you could finish Mm -hmm. 10 games under 500 and make the playoffs and and uh there was a lot of a lot of chatter about that then and we've had that anomaly happen on and off since we went to a to that t- this type of format where teams of massively lesser records can find a way in because of the division that they're in or the makeup of the playoffs at that time and i just always thought if you're in a situation where i agree with you to that i listen it's it's not that i have an absolute hatred for what the situation is today but if you're going to play a a, a disapport number of games with teams in your own division, then it should be enhanced come playoff time that that is what you want to win first before you advance toward the Stanley Cup. Win your division. If you play mostly within it during the season, then win it in the postseason and then go play. You know, you you, you can't you can't have it set up any better than you do right now. I mean, it's all set up for you right there to go up. You've got the exact right number of teams. You can have your semifinals and your finals within, which produces an NHL semifinal and a final. It's all right there for you. It's all right there for you. And and I, th- I think right now, if you look at the last couple of years, I think there's much more of an appetite to switch to something like that than there is to continue in this wild card scenario where it features crossovers and all mm-hmm. sorts of, Operations, if you will uh in this in this first round and sometimes second round <laughs> it's just really it's just really bizarre that way uh the the, the way it's played out and so i don't know mind you have you know having said that and it it uh you get a you get a division uh you know, all of a sudden you look at the NFC East and the NFL and where, who we saw that coming? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, sometimes divisions and teams just absolutely take off out of the gate and, and, and are becoming inordinately strong in any given year. But I, I would much rather see it as I think you're suggesting and you know, to keep it uh, divisional until you have to step outside your division and go on the trail to the Stanley cup.
0: They did it for, a, uh, you know, all the playoff formats they've used over the years. But there was, for a while, where they would basically take the 16 teams, regardless of division or conference, and go true number one, takes on number 16, which really, really uh, put a big emphasis on great regular season performances. You do well over 80, 82 games, you get rewarded for it by taking on the worst team that made the playoffs. Were you a fan of that at all?
1: You know what? Um... I guess turning back the clock 40 years and trying to think about what it was like at the time. Uh, first of all, the Habs were on the losing end of that one against the Edmonton Oilers in 1981. I could tell oh, you that.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, you know, it was really Wayne's kind of not a coming out party, but he'd already torn up the regular season in 79, 80 and 80, 81. And he finally got a little bit of taste of playoff success. And, and, and Gee and the Habs had really slid down. they They were massively injured when they lost to Minnesota in eighty, but eighty one was really the downturn for that core such as it was left at that time. and And keep in mind, they played a best of five as well. The league had gone, you know when they when they went to when they when they w- included the capitals and the Kansas City Scouts in seventy four and went to four divisions the first time, the first round was a best of three. And then they switched it in 79 to a best of five. And then everything was best of seven in 1987. I didn't have a problem with it in '81. And you know, everybody flew commercial. Nobody had a charter back then. So well, you know, they talk about the travel today. What I mean, these guys are flying on five-star hotels. I mean, every <laughs> every freaking one of these things has sleepers, they have chefs, they have they're 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 the size of of, of airplane terminals, and, and they fly around in creature comforts and for for the most part now with divisional play and conference play such as it is yes there's still some teams that have to do have to do some travel but not like it was back in the day and certainly not with the mode of transportation like it was back in the day i didn't have a problem with it steve but i was 21 or 22 just looking at i don't care who who are we playing first round like i didn't give a crap that it happened to be somebody that was 5,000 miles of six that 5,000 miles away like Edmonton from Montreal. First, I wasn't really envisioning at the time, any plane travel was seemed like it was so Oh my god, you're going on a plane. I had only been on a plane like four times in my life at that time. So it was like, whatever, they're going on a plane, who cares, go play (laughs) hockey. So, you know, I mean, I know, we'll never see that again. But that's forty years ago. I didn't have a problem with it then. I can't. I'm not going to look back now as a revisionist and say, "Oh God, it was terrible." No, I was, I was 20, 21, 22. The years that they did that it didn't bother me one bit, mm-hmm. and and it and it did produce some some incredible series really, and and some of those best of fives, even though some of them weren't all geographically as misaligned as 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 um, as, as Montreal and Edmonton were, but you had a few like that. I mean, look, you had Edmonton and L.A yet miracle on Manchester man that that does not happen if you don't have that format and it's 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 so it gave us some of that i think we get that probably in any scenario but no stevie 40 years ago man i didn't have a problem with that no
0: all right, let's take a time out of the program. I was going to have you on to talk about uh, the Atlantic Division preview, and we haven't even gotten to that yet because, uh, well, that's that's what we do when we get together and talk a little hockey. We talk about old school. We talk about current stuff, and uh, we tend to get derailed. So we'll focus on Atlantic Division preview stuff coming up after these words. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle, you want to make sure it's reliable, not breaking down all the time, well, then check out Jim K. Ford, your Ottawa-certified pre-owned Ford dealer. At Jim K they stand behind all the vehicles they sell. How about a 12-month, 20000 kilometer limited warranty on your vehicle? A history report of the vehicle, low purchase financing rates, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That's the peace of mind every buyer is looking for, and Jim K Ford delivers. JimKFord.com. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. If you're a loyal listener, you've probably heard me on this podcast before. I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario.
1: I'm also a big fan of the show. If you are too, we'll probably get along. Want great insurance rates? Then I'm your guy. Call or text me 801-2659
0: or check out allins.ca. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. All right, so let's jump in. Liam McGuire, the guest today, and a little Atlantic Division preview with special emphasis on the Sens, Habs, and Leafs Because I have a feeling the way we're going, we're probably not going to get to all the teams. So most of our listenership, cares about the Ottawa Senators. We shall start there. Uh, they, uh, they came through the preseason, um, looked at some guys, and I think there's absolutely no surprises for the most part, maybe a fourth sure. liner or something like that. The lineup is, I think, what everybody expected. What are you expecting out of the Ottawa Senators? Is this the year the five-year playoff drought comes to an end?
1: I have been saying all summer, um, as, as the summer of Pierre Dorian just rolled along there, And uh, I think he just had a fabulous summer. I think this Ottawa Senator team is going to be the most improved in the NHL. You know, Steve, of course, I say that barring colossal uh, injuries and and any type of return to illness or COVID rears its ugly ugly head again or anything. But all things being equal, I think the Senator team are poised for uh, just a massive, massive jump up the standings. Uh, I, I expect the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins, in particular, the Bruins, to come down quite a bit. I don't think they'll have a hundred point season again. I don't think we'll see the anomaly we did again last year in the entire Eastern, well, uh, conference, uh, eight teams at over a hundred points. I don't think we're gonna see that. And I think Ottawa, uh, you know, if, if you catch every uh, hardcore sense fans who catch all the interviews, every interview Brady Tachuk has done this summer, he has at one point in the interview said, we just want to be playing meaningful games at the end of the season, he has said that every single interview, and I think that is their mantra for this year. And I do believe they're going to accomplish that. I believe they will be playing meaningful games. I think they're going to be definitely in a wild card race, whether they get in or not. A top three, I think, is a push, but I think certainly a wild card. Going back to the format stuff, we're just talking about. Uh, I think they're in that race I really do I, I really do barring you know if the goaltending really loses its way or or the defense suffers a bit they're going to score a ton of goals they had 43 44 playoff goals last year the most they've ever had was 102 in 2006 in their heyday the year before they went to the final they lost 18 games last year by American Thanksgiving that is absolutely not going to happen this year and they are going to have a massive jump up the standings. They're going to have a massive jump in their goals for in their power play. And those factors alone mean, I think, come the end of the season, the Ottawa Senators are playing
0: meaningful games. Let's move on to your Montreal Canadiens. They went winless in the preseason. That means nothing. But you're, you were the dead last team last year. Um, there's nowhere to go but up, as they say. Is there hope that they can avoid the kind of long five year rebuild scenario the sens have just gone through or are they in a rebuild at all what are your expectations for the canadians
1: oh it's it's a full on rebuild uh, make no mistake about that that's for sure uh the 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 moves just just alone off the ice have have cemented that you, you let uh, a 10 year gm go you've moved out another coach you've brought in a coach with absolutely zero coaching experience pro other than a little bit of consulting work and coaching a peewee or a bantam team or whatever it was and uh and then did what he did which mostly you know once once the euphoria wore off they just they just went very meekly into the night those last 20 games of the season would have done so with or without whoever was behind the bench so,
0: and it's kind of interesting just to interject there that yeah. that that effect sometimes your greatest strength as a as a coach is that you're not the last guy we just saw it with the ottawa red blacks over the weekend yeah they, they promote Bob dice and they they, they played a good game and they're really really excited but sometimes just the change and the new voice in the short term can change things around and uh, it remains to be seen whether either man whether you're talking Bob dice or Marty St. Louis can be successful long term
1: yeah and I, I, I look like all coaches are hired to be fired and whether Marty is able to hang around while the Canadians will just just by osmosis will will improve uh to your first question will it be a five-year run that's a long time but yeah it it, it probably going to be minimum three i mean you need no look, look no further if you want to look at modern day comparisons than the chicago blackhawks and and uh and the los angeles kings who benefited from some great drafting obviously drafting very high in the draft with key components certainly first rounders and in some cases High first rounders and Kane and Taves, or even later on, and guys like Keith and Seabrook who went lower down, but re- but became such a huge nucleus. In L- in LA's case, could be a guy they got way before it turned around in a Kopitar, and then it's a shrewd trade where you're picking up Richards and Carter. You got a goaltender who emerged after a number of years, sewing his oats, and Jonathan Quick. You get a, you, you know, you, you, you get a Patrick Williams, uh, playoff performer on other teams and came in, kept it going in LA, all these components conspire to help you become a champion and win multiple Stanley cups, let alone the massive number of teams that have just been able to ride that. I like, like to call it the double Ferris wheel, get to the top, win their cup, try and hang around and get back up for another kick at the can, mm-hmm. whether they lost in the final, like Carolina in 2 and won a cup in 6 or Anaheim in 3 and then won a cup in 7 or you win and then you go right back down, whatever the case may be. Montreal is going to be a massive rebuild. They're going to finish bottom five again. You still can't just remove Price and Weber from how they played, regardless of how injured they were. They were such a massive part of that miraculous playoff run notwithstanding the setup and everything else you were 3-1 down the Leafs you sweep Winnipeg you beat a good Vegas team and uh, you're losing five to Tampa who are one that went back to back and you lose one nothing in game five so they had a good club that they that was decimated now they're rebuilding fully and uh, it is going to be a long year and I think the challenge for Marty St. Louis and the players on the team and I said this to Josh Anderson this summer when I had an opportunity to spend some quality time with him was buddy if after 40 minutes you got nothing going on and the team has got nothing going on you need to find uh, the old punch imlac man find get find a way to get yourself on score sheet mm-hmm. and don't don't go out meekly I said you ever heard of a guy named Terry O'Reilly go look them up (laughs) I mean there's all sorts of ways you can do things that that'll energize a team and a fan base and you don't have to lose every game five nothing six one seven two uh just because you don't have the talent Uh, I think the effort is what Montreal is hoping to have most through most of what's going to be many losses this year but uh and then the rebuild is on fully I think Stevie it's minimum three years all day like Caden Goulet is an absolute gem but by the time you see guys like him and Jake Sanderson really able to have a definitive impact on a playoff roster is at least a couple years away, in, in my opinion.
0: What do you think of, because it was one of those years in the draft where you didn't have that consensus number one there, it seemed like there was a two or three guys that they could have selected. They, 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 they go with Slavkowski. Was that your guy? Or were you looking? We were you a Shane Wright guy, Um, and uh, how long will it take before he arrives as as a really useful player?
1: Yeah, I I, I was certainly angling towards Shane Wright. I I I will say this: uh, I think anybody who knows me has been kicking around talking hockey, some fashion, forty plus years, and it's my strength is certainly what happened in the past. Not not so much. I don't follow the. The the up and comers. I don't put out a report. I know Bob McKenzie will tell you all the time. It's not his. He pulls ten scouts. He he does his homework. He puts these cobbles this list together, and his accuracy is 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 unreal. And 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 uh, and you know, for some of the people that went public and said that look, Shane Wright's not going to go number one. Uh, my kudos to them because I mean he slipped a four. So it wasn't just that he didn't go one, but I mean he didn't go two or three, and and I, I think I think it was one thing for New Jersey to pass, but uh, you know it 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 just it just to me was shocking to say the least. Uh, uh, certainly, um, you know Slavkowski fits the bill in a lot of in a lot of uh, in, in a lot of ways. His size number one, and and clearly the, he's a talented talented kid. But look in preseason, he, he his flashes out there were simply that flashes i think they're starting him here um i think they want to do right by the kid this to me is um you know it's marion hosa 2.0 uh, marion hosa got seven games with the Sens, then they sent him back to portland and he just ripped it up won a memorial cup had his knee blown out with a cheap shot and then went on to a hall of fame career starting right here in ottawa as you know stevie So I think that's this is what we've got here to give sort of an Ottawa Senator comparison. They're gonna keep this kid for nine games, they'll send him to Laval, they'll keep him close, barring anything unforeseen. If they got to bring him up and eat that year, then they will. But I mean, he'll have to probably really light it up in Laval for that to happen. And I think this is probably the best case scenario. Look, if we're talking about a guy that had a scored four or five goals in the preseason or or contributed something a little bit more offensively the flashes that he showed could show that you could see the kids got burgeoning with raw talent i don't know about playing at 238 pounds at 18 years of age i mean that's a that's a lot of weight which you know he's in shape but it reminds me of the story you remember back in the day in the early 2000s where they uh new jersey and 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 um Carolina went to guys like Rod Brindamore and Scott Stevens and said, get the hell out of the gym. Like you're too big. You're too bulky. You need to be right. a little bit more streamlined. Remember that? That was a big story. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I suspect by the time Slavkowski hits 20 years of age, he's going to be 10 pounds lighter. That's my thought. Anyway, uh, I think that's what Montreal is doing there. Again, there's no pressure on them. If you look online on their fan base, 95 percent of them those that are, that aren't anonymous bot tweets are all saying the same thing that they know it's going to be a long year they know their bottom five they're in the bedard sweepstakes, guaranteed you just want to see an effort you want to see Suzuki and Caulfield continue to grow I'm, I'm elated that Goulet is going to get a full season here barring anything unforeseen and they got to find a way to develop a goaltender because Carey's done so these are the things in the future but and marty st louis the perfect coach for this perfect he's got no pressure his job right now is to keep these guys motivated through what's going to be a ton of losses and this is always a challenge for a rebuilding team and you know ottawa was uh was was somewhat able to do it but they had COVID helping them out the fan base you know uh everything else eugene was still alive it's been such a such a breath of fresh air I hate to say it that way, but it has been and uh, in Montreal's case the rebuild will be minimum three years and then and, and and I think their challenge here is just to compete.
0: I know them as the blue team the Toronto Maple Leafs we will go to them next. I'm fascinated by the Matt Murray story. You know, here's yeah. the Ottawa Senators basically paying this guy to play for their arch rival. They're paying 25% of his salary. That's how they felt about Matt Murray, a team that's just coming out of a rebuild here. They decided to turn the page on Murray, and yet the Leafs, who every year here, the last two, three years, fancy themselves as contenders, they take him on. I'm I'm blown away by that. I'm fascinated with how that will work out. Generally speaking, what say you about that and about the Leafs' chances this year?
1: Well, I, th- I think Kyle Dubas and company there just threw a uh, a dart. They threw a dart. Uh, I think they felt that they couldn't go any further with Jack Campbell. I mean, I'll tell you, uh, most, most of last week, Stevie, I, I was in Toronto with uh, Team Canada 72 for their 50th anniversary, a, a number of events and things of that nature, including – pretty much a full day at uh, Scotiabank Arena, the, the the name of the rink now where the Leafs play. And um, give credit to the Leafs and Brendan Shanahan. They set a huge part of the festivities up for that alumni group, and I benefited from it. I was treated first class right along with all those guys. And that included sitting down beside Brendan Shanahan at the end of the night in a private reception at the Royal York hotel. I sat beside him for about 40 minutes talking hockey. We have a ton of friends in common, but I've never had that opportunity before. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was Dennis Hull was sitting right across from it. So, Yvonne Cornoway was right to my right. He's all guys, you know, and, and so we were mostly talking about that, but the conversation did turn to current situations. And there was a couple of times when, in the nature of the conversation, they were talking about next year. And Brendan says, well, guys, yeah, I just hope to be here next year. <laughs> he was, I mean, yeah, he was tongue in cheek, but I'm telling you right now, man, he knows. Yeah. Let's be honest. This is the exact same scenario as last year. Only this is it for these guys. Dubas, who I affectionately nicknamed the calculator, and and Brendan Shanahan, who I, I love. I mean, I love the guy as a player. I loved him ever since Piastany, and and I, I I love the guy as a human being. His parents are born in Ireland. He's got Irish ancestry. He's a, he's a fine broth of a lad, as Grapes used to like to say. He didn't take. And, and can I happen- can I can
0: I jump in yep. on him too? That because Shanahan, I think, is perceived since his days taking over the Leafs as captain Sirius. That's one yeah. of the, the funniest damn guys the NHL's ever seen.
1: Absolutely absolutely when you think of the interview we did here in Ottawa remember when he mimicked he was on the bike <laughs> that's one of the best yeah. the guy's got just a tremendous sense of humor and here he was cracking that you know he he some, and look I don't think he was I think it was somewhat somewhat being realistic I think mm-hmm. he knows the Shannon plan here if they don't get out of the first round this year just like last year they had to go through 82 games imagine blowing a three game to one lead to that Montreal team and and having to go through that go through the whole summer then you got a three game to two lead against Tampa and you blow it again I mean they just continue to find a way they're going to score a ton of goals they're going to make the playoffs relatively easy the Matt Murray experiment thing is about that Stevie I could quote you 50 examples right in the history of the NHL of goaltenders that have been given up on teams go to another team and they become a reclamation project that works you know we don't have enough sample size because in the preseason Toronto and Ottawa just beat up Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much guaranteed win night, and Matt Murray's <laughs> making saves there like he's kicking out BBs. But you know, I mean, yeah, I mean Cole got a scored a couple of goals really hardly anybody else, and and uh, and you know uh, it'll be interesting to see when he's <laughs> what happens the first time somebody runs into him because he was pretty fragile here in Ottawa, but the list. Steve of goaltenders that have moved on from other teams. I mean, I my god, I think if Calgary had a hung on to Mike Vernon, he goes to Detroit, not only wins a Stanley Cup, but wins a con Smythe. Man, he was he was their most valuable player. Like, it's just there's so many examples of that in NHL history. Eddie Belfour, like the Hawks had it. Why'd they give up on Eddie? You know, he goes he, he, he goes to Dallas. I mean, there's so many in NHL history, so obviously. They they needed they felt they needed to move away from Campbell. So they bring in Matt Murray because 2016 and 2017 wasn't that long ago, which was the exact thinking that Ottawa had. Yeah. And you know, and it and it didn't work out here other than initially. Like initially, it was okay, those first few games. And then when 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 the Tumblers just started falling there, and he just started falling literally and figuratively. And it was like, oh, my God, really? Like, we've got Dominic Kashuk back here with the abductor muscle. Like, what the hell next is wrong with this guy? Yeah. And and just couldn't get him in the lineup. And then when he was, he couldn't stop a beach ball. So, you know, it, look, I, I watched a ton of preseason action. Um, and I, I didn't see all of it. As I said, I, I missed that game out in New Brunswick, for example, among a few others. But I did see a lot mm-hmm. that was available to watch. And, and Murray looked okay. We're going to find out real quick here. It's not going to matter. They're going to score more than scored against them. The overwhelming majority of games they play this year. If the dynamic duo stay healthy, you got a world class defenseman in Riley. I mean, had there been an Olympics with NHL players going, Riley was on the team all day. And and uh I mean, look, that, that core group of D actually is not horrible. They got Sandine back, they got Hall. You know, you got some guys I like Muzzin. They're not world beaters. They're by no, I, it's unbelievable to me but watching TSN last night and they've got the Leafs as as, as the second batting, batting favorite to win the cup. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, that's these guys pandering do, for listenership. Oh, Jesus. Freaking believable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Same thing every year. It was the same thing last year. These guys haven't won a first round in 18 years. Haven't won the cup since black and white TV and they got them ranked second for what, what did yeah. they do in the season? You bring in Matt Murray. And that's your answer. Anyway, they got the playoffs made in a walk, Stevie. That's the thing. And, but they, they, this year, Dubas and Shanny, who's even, as I said last week, is even joking about it, are, are probably gone if, uh, if they don't get out of the first round this year, probably rightfully so. And you go back and get Dale Hunter, who you should have used in the first place, and, and you get this thing back on the rails. I mean, if they go out first round this year, do you really think Austin Matthews is going to resign there? I don't think so. Right. I don't think so. I think he's going to say, screw this. And, and that's my thought. I don't know, but I mean, he's all world. That's for sure. That guy is all world. He's going to score 60 again, maybe more. Uh, he is, he is on, isn't he? He's unfreaking believable. He's oh, yeah. Unbelievable.
0: yeah he's he doesn't get enough credit for how big the body is and how, how physically no. strong he is on the pocket. People just think, okay, he's got the great, the great release, uh, you know, obviously a great score, but uh, he's also a very tough guy to move off the puck let's close it out uh we only have time for one more question here so we get sabers bruins red wings panthers lightning to round out the atlantic division in a general sense where's the power lie in the atlantic division this year do you think
1: well you look at florida last year 122 points they won the division by seven um you know and then you look at the changes there and boy oh boy man like huberdo and weger a uh, big fan of both those guys and i i think this calgary team maybe i mean that was a tough tough loss i'll give i'll give tree living a ton of credit No, oh, yeah I mean, you you lose to your cross provincial rival like that the first time they've played in years and you lose granted it's connor i, I get all that but he doesn't waste any time, and that's what a lot of other GMs have done, even in recent memory. No, no, let's roll back with the core. We'll take another shot. He said no. Florida gets, you know, ends up rolling the dice as well. Think about it. They get swept by Tampa Bay. They go, well, what the hell? We had these guys, and we got our ass handed to us. So let's try something else. So I'm really, really watching in earnest here. To see how they come out of the gate and how Matthew Tkachuk plays there, and and some of the other subtle changes that they've made. Uh, like I said, I, I think the Bruins are coming down. Um, I think Detroit's going to come up. I think Buffalo. Uh, is 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 going to come up, and uh, you know I think the Sens open against them. I believe, right, Stevie? I think Buffalo on Thursday. On Thursday. Yeah, Buffalo on Thursday. What a, I mean, I, I love their start. If you think about it, you know Ottawa beat Toronto last year in their first game of the season. Things went south. They won two out of their first three games before sort of the wheels fell off there. And I just don't see that happening this year. But I think out of the rest, uh, I, I think the Sabres. I mean, for all the excitement here, and rightfully so for Jake Sanderson joining um, uh, Thomas Shabbat, I mean, I think the hockey world is not quite ready for a Kale McCarr uh, explosion, but I think Owen Power is the real deal, and and he is joining what already is a couple of pretty pretty solid guys now going into year three and four in Sabres and and um, I, I, you know Dalene and I, I just I just think they're they're poised here to make some noise and I, I think they could take a big jump up in the standings as well. And they're going to take points away. Tampa Bay, as you know, Steve, 70 playoff games the last three years. That's unfreaking believable It's a full extra season where every single shift has mattered, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and and the abnormality, uh, you know, the abnormality of it of having three years ago, the Stanley Cup being won on September 28th, two years ago, you win it on July 7th, and everything else that they've had to go through and uh, I, I just think they're going to start to show some, some, some length in the teeth here. And I think they're going to come down in the standings as much as they're still going to look. You've got Vasilevsky, you've got Hedman, you've got Kucherov. You're going to win a ton of games. But I think they're coming down. I know Braden Point didn't play last year in the playoffs. Maybe they extend Colorado, but I think the Avs are winning anyway. But I think the Sabres are the team to watch. Out of the rest that you just mentioned there, I think Buffalo are the ones that I'm going to really
0: be watching. Interesting. Okay, let's close it out right there. And uh, there, there's our Atlantic Division preview. And uh, Jimmy's back on our next episode, by the way. He is Liam McGuire and available for all your uh, speaking engagements. If you want a, a, a great, great speaker, you can talk hockey all day long. Liam's your guy. How can people get a hold of you, Liam?
1: Uh, they can find me on uh, pretty much every social media platform. Uh, okay. TV, pretty easy. Uh, Twitter, Liam's underscore hockey is an easy one. Facebook, I'm the guy drinking out of the Stanley Cup. Just uh, <laughs> just uh, half the city has my cell number. Just, uh, just roll into any bar in the West End. I'm probably there.
0: <laughs> Liam McGuire joining us here on the SWP, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Liam. Appreciate it.
1: Anytime, uh, Stevie. Thanks for having
0: me, buddy. Right on. And uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us here on the SWP. Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. We shall talk to you next time.